0: We had been discussing chapter 2, Sankhya Yoga, Yoga of Knowledge. And in the first few verses, starting from 11 to 30, we had discussed the philosophy at the highest level of Vedanta. So Bhagwan clarified what is mortal and what is immortal. So the whole theme of those verses is to make it clear to us that this death is only for this body. This body is the one which takes birth and which dies. It really does not affect the self in you which you considered you. This conditioned self we call Jivatma is identified with mind, body and intellect. And the only death in this case is for the body only mind and intellect still remains intact and the conditioned self remains identified with it and it does not die. This conditioned self also we have seen is no different than the universal self, the paramatma. For parmatma is beginningless and therefore he is endless. Unless there is beginning there cannot be any end. So, Paramatma is beginningless and endless. And therefore, the Jivatma who considers itself to be limited is also beginningless and endless. Except the point of perspective where right now I consider myself to be limited. Many, many times we have used the same analogy of the room space. As long as I consider this space as room space, it has its own limitations. It had its own birth and it will have its own death, But for the space perspective, as long as this space is not identified with the conditioning, it was universal. It was here, it is here, it will remain here. We never had to import this space from Hanover County. It was always in Henrico County here. So this self in us, we have in detail discussed that is immortal. So that was the topic of verses 11 to 30 and that was the message to Arjuna that you should do your duty. Whatever comes naturally to you as your swadharma. There is no point in grieving over the people dying because they never really die. It's only they change the state of existence. Therefore he says no single self has ever died. Neither these kings nor this being, they were always in some form or other existing. So there is no reason to grieve. And therefore in the end says, there is no really reason to grieve on any death in this world. And that's why I think we do have questions. Is the grief really legitimate? Or Bhagavan says it's completely illegitimate. From the perspective of the higher self, There is really nothing to grieve. Waking up from my dream, there is no grief for whatever I experienced in the dream. See if I have to advise somebody who has been constantly dreaming and say, I'm really disturbed by my dreams, I say there is nothing to grieve about your dreams. They are dreams after all. When you wake up, that world does not exist for you. So from the waker's perspective, there is nothing to grieve for the world in your dream. So Bhagavan says there is nothing really to grieve for the death and destruction you see in this world because it is only happening at the prakriti level. From Purusa's perspective, nothing is really happening. Then the Purusa is the lower and higher, the lower Purusa who is conditioned by this conditioning, he will be grieving. I grieve death of my mother, my father, not because what they have to now go through, but what we have to go through. It's our loss. What will be the effect on the people who are left behind is grief is all about. Grief is never about one who is dying. When you give me an anesthesia, whatever happens after that, whether I survive the surgery or not, who is going to know? Only my relative. If only I wake up, I know surgery was okay. But let's say if I pass away during the surgery, I will never know. I was not there. (laughs) There was no association with this body, with this conditioned self at the time when I was under anesthesia. Therefore, I will never be worried about it. So this grief is our association, our relationship, our attachment. As long as there is attachment, there is a reason for grief. Once you remove that attachment, one says, there is nothing to grieve about. Then change the topic and say, in the end, the result or the answer will be the same for the question, whether you look at it from a very high perspective or from a very mundane perspective. Should I act as per my dharma or not? My dharma is a kshatriya, from Arjuna's point of view, is to fight. Now should I fight or not? So the next few verses which we have seen it say Swadharma Mapicha Aveksha, even looking at it from your dharma perspective. Now we typically translate dharma as duties, and therefore I say duty. Now duty can be questionable. From one perspective, this is my duty, from his perspective, that is my duty. But Swadharma is really the core of my being, who I am. This conditioned self, which I consider me, what is it made up of? It is basically made up of my vasanas and desires. Who I am is what my desires and vasanas are. I want to be a musician, I want to be an architect, I want to be a doctor. All those things are driven by my tendencies. And I cannot go against my tendencies. We have argued this about our children. They want to be musician. We want them to be doctors. Now, sometimes we may have guided them correctly, saying, look, you're not going to make any money, you'll be a starving artist. Another time, we probably misled them completely because it was completely against their nature. But in our ignorance, we only knew what we think is right for them. But the basic fact we know that nobody can really work comfortably or live comfortably against their own nature. You're looking at it from your own perspective of your Swadharma, what your makeup is, you are a Kshatriya. This is what you live for. This is what your vasanas and desires and aspirations are. Now, vikampitam arhasi, there is no reason for you to waver. Forget about all the high philosophy, whether to grieve over the people and all of that. But just look at it from what your desires are. This is what you wanted. This is what you were looking for, and therefore you shall also not waver. That's really considered the most important. Dharmyat, hi, yuddhat, shreyo, anyat, kshatriya, vidyate. For a kshatriya, there is nothing greater or better than a righteous war. Not just to fight just for the sacrifice, a righteous world. You're called upon to protect your country. You're called upon to protect your culture. You're called upon to protect the people who need protection. And you're capable of that. That's what you trained for all your life. That's what you wanted. What can be better than that? It's like people coming to me and saying, Neil, here's the best project, most complicated, most prestigious project. Would you like to design it? Well, for me, it is nothing better than that. I'm trained for that. That's what I'm looking for. Here is my opportunity. That will be the greatest joy. Boy, I got this project, right? So, for a Kshatriya, what is better than that? Well, recently, somebody was pointing out to me that I actually have designed almost all religious facilities, different religion. I have done church facility for Richmond Hill. I did the Hindu Center. I have designed facility for in my mission. And I'm also designing a Jain Derasar. And finally, Islamic Center of Richmond called me up and said, we want to design mosque. This is what I was looking for. I want to complete my portfolio. (laughs) There won't be any religion left after this. So, I said, of course I will design the mosque. So I'm designing mosque on Hungary Road. So, when the people came and we were negotiating fees, they said, and I think about this. If you you Because now you're design mosque, you have designed mosque. I said, you'll have too. I said, no, no, you're mistaken. I'm a Gujarati. You know what the Gujarati's aspiration is? One day there was an open house where the hell and heaven is. First person comes as a Christian. So they ask him, uh, where do you want to go, hell or heaven? He of course heaven. Send them to heaven. Next one comes Musulman. So ask him, where do you want to go? Of course Jannat. Send them Jannat. Third one happens to be Hindu and happens to be Gujarati. So he says, where do you want to go? Swarg or Nark? He says, if you don't have any objection, I don't want to go anywhere. Just on this bifurcation, if I can do a little shop here. <laughs> So I can take care of the business on the both sides. <laughs> I'm a Gujarati. You ask me to design mosque, I'll design mosque. You ask me to design dera, I'll design Sir. In the end, my vasanas are to design building, no matter what it is. As long as you give me some challenging project, I want to design it. What is greater for a kshatriya? To get an opportunity to fight righteous war. So therefore also you should not waver. Yadrachaya Cha Just by itself, this opportunity itself opens up the gates of heaven for you. Just this opportunity for me to design something which I really want to design, it opens up the gates of heaven. I will be in the ninth cloud when I get the big project, right? because it's just the opportunity opens up that door to the heaven for me. apavruttam partha labante yudham idrusham. Those Kshatriyas are the most you know, fortunate, they are the most happiest who gets to war like this. When I was a little kid, I was really upset when I was reading all this about Mahatma Gandhi and Subhastandra Bose and all that. And I say, I have nothing left to be done. India is already independent. <laughs> and I was born after that. So I really don't have any opportunity to do anything. Now, obviously, I didn't know at the time that there was a lot to be done. And I'm not capable of doing it. But I was really upset that all that is done. India is already independent. <laughs> now, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> so this very opportunity given to you, Swami Vivekananda said, that when you come across someone who you can help, Thank him to give you the opportunity to help him. But who gets an opportunity to help somebody else? So he said, kshatriya Partha Labante yudam Idrasam. Those Kshatriyas who get this opportunity like this, they are very, very fortunate. They are very happy. Athacha Twam Imam Dharmyam Sangramam na Now, okay. I'll give you all the positives. I look, you should do it because it is your nature. But let's assume that you decide not to take up this opportunity. What will happen? Not only are you are losing this opportunity to gain something greater, but you will be falling down much further. Because if you will not fight this righteous dharmam sangramam, this righteous war, tataha swadharmam kirtim chahitva, because you have destroyed your own swadharma, you have acted against your own dharma, something which is very natural to you, and you are suppressing it. My nature is to enjoy all the sensual pleasures in this world. But because one day I go to Chinma Mission and read that, I want to be and go to Himalaya. Swamiji used to say that you go there and you will have another sansar right there. After a while the news will come. Then you'll contest another family there up somewhere in Himalaya. Because that was your nature. You were acting against your nature and that will make you very miserable and put a very wrong impressions on your mind, which will make you do things which is typically you wouldn't have done. And therefore I said, Swadharmam kirtim papam avapsasi. You will incur sin. Swami explained the pap is nothing but a negative impression on your mind because you are not acting according to your dharma there will be pressure in your mind. You will always be feeling guilty about, well, I didn't do this. And that pressure, you're not exhausted the vasanas which you have. So you're suppressing your vasanas. You're creating new vasanas. And this conflict between your existing vasanas and new vasanas will make you do some crazy things. I said, that's Papa. Now you're in hell. You can't tolerate what you are doing you don't enjoy your environment, you don't do anything right because of this conflict on your mind about not acting according to your nature. I'm an artist and I'm asked to do a business and therefore I will never be able to do something right. My father is not happy, I'm not doing well in business but my nature is just to be an artist. He said, papam of abscessi. You will incur sin. Sin means you now have a negative impression in your mind and that will create conflict in your personality akirtim cha bhutani kata ishyanti te avyaya sambhavitasyach akirtim maranad ati iti uchyate now what is your nature asakshatriya you are looking for this honor and fame and glory and everybody praising how great a hero you are. Each one saying, who is great? Karna said, give me an opportunity to prove that I am better than Arjuna. That's all he was looking for. He didn't want to kill anybody. Just give me an opportunity to prove that I am better than Arjuna. And Arjuna said, no, give me an opportunity. I am the greatest. He said, this is what you are living for. That's your vasana. That's your swadharma. But people will be dishonouring you because you ran away from the opportunity. Akirtim chabi Bhutani the avyam forever. They will be saying, "You remember the great archer we used to but in the end, he didn't do anything." In Gujarati, there is a saying called "Godo Horse has been prepared to run a race, and dasera on the dasera they used to horse race. Well, you have done all that, but on the dasera day. The Godo decides, I'm not going to (laughs) run. What is the point of that? So, what you are prepared for when you get a chance, you should do it, otherwise you will be infamy. What you are made up of, you don't do a dharma, you will be creating papa. I was watching this Buddha series. Jat Satru has taken refuge in Buddha. So he asked his soldiers to go and protect the merchants who are going to travel. The soldiers come out and say the Raja is now following Buddha and he is going to go to heaven by and Now he is asking us to do hinsa. Well, oh, let's also become monks. And they also ran away. The merchants came back and said, look, what happened? Your soldiers never came. So Ajat goes to Buddha and said, what am I supposed to do now? He said, look, you tell the Kshatriyas that it is your dharma to protect those merchants. And he gave a very good example saying there was a snake. And the snake comes across as a sage. And the sage said, well, what you're biting people and all that is creating a lot of problem for people. So after a while, the snake decided, I'm not going to now do that. After a while, people realized that this, this snake is now very tame. He's not doing anything. They will just play around with him. Children will take and make a belt out of it. And he was miserable and was really suffering. The sage comes back again and said, what's happened to you? What's happening to you? So I'm become now non-violent, and this is what happened to you. If I told you not to bite, I didn't ask you to stop hissing. You do your dharma. Don't give up your dharma of hissing at people. Don't hurt people, but don't give up your dharma. As a Kshatriya, don't give up your dharma because acting against your dharma, you will incur sin. It will negative impressions on your mind that will not be helpful for you, and it will stop you. Being happy, being in heaven. And this is where we will stop. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukina, Sarve Santu Niramaya, Sarve Bhadraani Pashyantu, Ma Kaschiddukha bhavet. Om Shantihi, Shanti, Shanti, Hari Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha